In a town beset by earthquakes, secrets can shake loose from the most unlikely places. Tales from Spasming Hill. Rex Sokol Smythe, Newsmaster. Important reports reported importantly. Danger. On guard, news fans. Intrigue. Is that what you're wearing? What? Outrage. That'll be $3.99. I object. Rex Sokol Smythe, the man, the myth, the low-fat yogurt sweeping the nation, reporting for the Daily Spasm. Hello and welcome to the 14th annual Lethal Impact Super Thud Ball Tournament, our town's fiercest sporting competition. I'm Rex Zockel Smythe taking the announcer's box for the Daily Spasm here at Arcadio Memorial Thud Ball Arena, where things are beginning to heat up. Let's get crazy, sports fans. And I'm news intern Jacqueline Hyde, helping out the bozo in the box sitting right here next to me. Today's event promises danger, excitement, and a rollicking good time as we watch high-paid athletes dodge rolling metal death. That's right, Rex. Today's match is between one of our own local teams, the Indigo Foundation Funky Town Flagrunners, and a delegation from our neighboring town, the so-called Raiders of the Woodland Realm. What a stupid name. I mean, I've never seen such a measly collection of pimpled, weedy teenagers. Do they think that these losers stand any chance against our own local heroes? Now, Jackie, we have to do our best to stay impartial. As reporters, our playful color commentary must be above reproach. But in this case, I do believe your comments are spot on. Woodland Realm has certainly sent as hopeless a bunch as I've ever seen, and I haven't missed an L.I. Super yet. At least the match this afternoon should be a darn sight better than last year's L.I. Super Rex. And why is that, Jackie? For one thing, the seismologists over at the Researchatorium have promised us a 9 mag plus quake today, which sure beats last year's only, uh... Darn it, I can't remember. Weren't we meant to have the stats guy coming in, Rex? We sure are. His train got stuck on the dense, syrupy substance the council coats all the city's rails with, so he's running a little bit late. I bet he'll be here soon, though. Oh well, at least there's plenty to entertain us while we wait. Listeners, the competitors have donned their flimsy cardboard armor and are doing their pre-game stretches. Very important, a leg cramp at the wrong time can be fatal. I still remember when old Donald Guggenheim sprained his ankle on a turn and was crushed to death just moments later. That was a zinger of a fall. Cost our team the match. And Rex, I can see our team's deflectors down there, polishing their metal shields. Jackie, did you know, I was a deflector myself back in the day. Really? Yes, back at my old alma mater. I played for STC while I was completing my degree in Forbidden Sciences. Wait, a scientist? You? How do you think I know a chump like Dr. Plural Rebus? We studied subterrestrial economics and contemporary dance together. The worst part about contemporary dance is that it's so hard to make the charges stick. Renegade choreographers always plead that their vile crimes are open to interpretation. Now there's a class of criminals that even I wouldn't employ as a means of control against a frightened populace. And let me tell you, (laughs) there's not many. But back to today's game. You said you played deflector for spasming technical college? Absolutely right. My courses in unconventional geometry were very handy for reckoning the angles, let me tell you. The amount of times I've saved a teammate by shunting thud balls down adjacent corridors nearly broke the college record. I have such a hard time imagining you being competent at anything, Rex. It was only college league, Jackie. All the deflectors in today's match, of course, have thousands of advanced certificates in practical angle science. It's like they say, the big leagues need the big degrees. <laughs> no one's ever said that, Rex. Fortunately, on call today, listeners, we have a squad of brightly costumed undertakers from Spasming Hill Eternity Hospital here on site in case anything goes wrong. Let's hope it does or it will be a very boring match. Obviously. Actually, my doppelganger is down there today assisting the folks from Eternity. Odd. I always thought she was more into ripping people apart than patching them together. Normally, yes. 
But now that we're no longer mayor, we have a lot of spare time on our hands. She's been using the hours she usually spent intimidating voters or shredding important paperwork to pick up a few hobbies, like crocheting and badminton, and now assisting the community events. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, look, she's waving to us. She heard us talking on the loudspeakers. Hi. Hello. Rex Ocklesmith. Hey. How's it going? I mean, obviously, if anyone's beyond saving, she'll feast on their flesh as fast as anyone. But hey, that's what the hospital staff are there for anyway, right? Absolutely. Gosh, I'm so tremendously excited. I am here. Sorry, am I too late? Not at all. Listeners, joining us now is unappreciated genius and our sports guy for this afternoon, celebrated psychic, Ronaldus the Great. He may be a giant disappointment, but I guess he saved our lives, so hey, man. Dear Jackie, dearest Rex, the spirits told me I would find you here. There were also signs all over the entrance, like... Signs matter not to one in tune with the heart of the universe, Jackie. What does that even mean? Ronnie, take a seat. Check out the field, ain't it great? Oh, indeed, Rex. I am most excited about this match. Murgatroyd, one of the spirits, don't you know, is quite an expert on this sport of thudball. Why, she knows every statistic that has ever arisen. I am merely the vessel for her vast intellect, a hollow shell filled with arcane spiritiousness. Funny, Ron. Hollow shell certainly seems like an accurate description. Don't be mean, Jackie. Ronnie saved our lives. Oh, it was nothing, friends. For the spirits did murmur that darkness in a thousand lifetimes filled with caution and foreboding came to me. And yea, I said, duck! You're one weird dude, Ron. Jackie, control yourself. <sighs> Fine. I suppose he's no more fraud than you. That's the spirit. Uh, so, Ronnie, can you... Oh, I'm sorry, Murgatroyd. Tell us any facts about the players on the field. Quite verily, Rex. In fact, Murgatroyd's favorite player is in the game today. Oh, 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 oh. Who is it? Verity. Skillion. Ugh, the captain from the Woodland Realm team? Gross. That's a bit disappointing. But, Ronnie, Ronnie, which one is Verity? Verity's the one taking off her warm-up helmet and kneeling on the ground, offering a sprig of summer rosemary up to the divine spirits. (laughs) Rex, I heard the people who live in the Woodland Realm don't even have a church of overwhelming gravity. Instead, they worship, um, the, um, oh, oh, What? Um, what is wow. it? Wow. What is it? Who do they worship? Come on. Um, nothing. Whoa. Without her helmet, she's just, gosh. Folks, Jackie's having a moment and possibly a stroke, so here's another question for you, Ronaldus. Who do you think's going to win today? Ask not. But not this again. Mm, ask not. Ronnie, Ronnie, okay, it's okay. Just... What's up, Ronnie? I thought that we were through this crazy psychic phase. Well, I get touchy when people ask me stuff like that, Rex. Stuff like what? Stuff about the future. Why? I don't know, Rex. It's like newsflash. I can only see the past. I keep telling people this, and then they don't listen, and then they say, Oh, Ronaldus, you're a psychic, right? Tell me something about the future, and I'm like, I can't. Ah. <sighs> I just wish people would listen to me once in a while, Rex. It's not so hard. Just respect my boundaries, man. Come on! Right. Listeners, something's happening on the field. Just look at Verity. The way she's tossed down that sprig of rosemary and trampled it angrily into the ground, that's the mark of someone who doesn't even care. Looks like our adorable little wizard mayor, Vorthox, is coming onto the field to open today's tournament. Oh. I know I say this every time, but... What a cutie. I'll bet you she absolutely has no regard for teammates. Yes, Jackie. Murgatroyd says that Verity casually abandons her fellow players when she believes it might profit her. She's caused over 20 deaths and counting. Remember that scouts are traditionally meant to warn their team of danger and otherwise ensure they're in safening against misfortune. Verity is unlike most scouts. 
Jackie, snap out of it. Cutie Patootie Vorthox is here. Don't you have anything to say? Uh, oh, yeah. That little gnome dares show his face. It should be me down there receiving the adulation of the crowd and, uh, shaking hands with Verity. Maybe giving her a hug. A uh, hug? You know, for luck. She's the team captain. Like, Woodland Realm are a bunch of tossbots, but we probably don't want them to die or whatever. What are you even on about, Jackie? Nothing. Why? What? Why? Yep, whatever. I'm bored. Okay, Vorthox has pulled out his copy of Dark Spells for Cool People and is reciting some sort of incantation. I wonder what it is. Judging by the emerald flames dancing around him in a perfect equilateral triangle, I would say it is a spell of strict geometry. I'm pretty sure you just made that No! Up. Doubt not the spirits! The spell of strict geometry creates a powerful Euclidean field around the stadium, which prevents any untoward hanky-panky with the space-time continuum. It's a standard anti-cheating measure in any high-stakes Oops, it looks like he overdid it. Several spectators in the stands have burst noisily into flame, and yes, are collapsing into cindered heaps. Ha! Get a look at this Vorthox guy pretending like he can do real magic. Go back to wizard preschool, you underdeveloped nerd. At least when people died during my public ceremonies, I was killing them on purpose. Vorthox is just sloppy. Well, several other spectators have fallen over themselves too. The four shocks are arriving, folks. The match is about to start. Then how come we can't feel it in here? People are falling down all over. The announcer box is mounted on shock-absorbent gyroscopes. Let the game commensurate. And on that note, listeners, a quick word from our sponsors before the 14th annual LI Super Thudball Tournament sends shockwaves through your radio. Gee, isn't life exhausting? After waking up in the morning, you're already ready to go back to sleep. You've been to the doctor, thinking maybe it's your thyroid, but he's reassured you that we all die someday. Perhaps the unthinking drudgery of your daily life is getting to you. Every day is the same. You wake up tired and go to the doctor for soft reassurances of impending mortality. Every day is the same. You close your eyes and wonder, is this all there is? Every day is the same. Why do we need to work anyway? Who has the energy to procure goods and services with all of this worthless money? Well, I'm here to tell you that we do. We'll take your money and spend it on nice things for you. In exchange, we'll give you a million calories of unapproved soda. It'll be our little secret from the FDA. Can you keep a secret? Bubble Corp, don't ever close your eyes again. And we're back. Just in time, too, because the tremors are really picking up. Almost none of the spectators have been left standing by the quake. I can see Police Chief Harold Underarm down in the stands, issuing assault charges to people who have been tossed around into him by the bucking ground. Whoa, how wonderful! And hark, friends, they've started the countdown for player injectification. And they're in! First through, of course, are both team scouts running ahead to check out the corners and get a feel for today's arena. In case anyone is worried that one team may have scouted it beforehand and thus gained an unfair advantage, remember that our town's thudball arena is Olympic grade and randomized for each and every match spectacular. Oh man, just look at Verity run. What's she doing with her hands there, Rex? Well, Jackie, scouts develop a sophisticated means of rapid, silent communication with their team. They signal approaching thudballs, alternate running routes, and the presence of opposing players, so Verity's just... Oh, the thud balls have been released. Listeners, the magnetic restraints have been released. The thud balls are loose. Oh, boy! This the spirits do decree. The game's afoot. 
Friends, keep your eyes on Nellie Dustbite, the runner for Spasming Hill. Notice how she keeps a deflector in front at all times to break the impact, should a thud ball round the corner at extreme velocitude. Compare this to the far less cautious dash of Dudley Grundle from the Woodland Realm. He's careening around corners and laying down some very serious tread. He's outpacing his very scouts. Now the first part of the game will have both teams attempt to trace the path through the labyrinth to the other team's flag repositories. Once routes have been established, it's just a matter of escorting your team's runner to the score pads while dodging thudballs and enemy ghosts along the way. Murgatroyd warns that Dudley Grundle's reckless dash should not be taken as a sign of carelessness. He was drafted to the Raiders from the European Thudball League last summer. The Europeans play the game a little differently. More risk for more reward, I think. Just what our red-blooded audiences slaver at the bit to see. If I remember right, the EU Thud League's tagline is eight times the casualties, three times the score. Oh, first impact. The Woodland Realm's deflector has shunted that one handily down an adjoining corridor. Oh, masterfully done. He's cleared the way for runner Dudley Grundle to race safely on ahead. Now, shunting takes a level of control and a keen eye for the angles that not everyone possesses Rex. The demanding years of graduate-level mathematics and a higher-than-average fatality rate makes top-notch deflectors a valuable commodity. Speaking of fatalities, Ron, it looks like one's incoming. I do believe you're right, Jackie. One of the flag runner's scouts has ducked down a hallway to avoid an enemy ghost right into the path of an oncoming thud ball. Folks, this could get messy. It's every thud ball player's worst dilemma. Turn and face thine enemy, or be peremptorily crushed beneath half a thousand pounds of uncaring steel. It seems the scout has opted for the latter. He's charging straight into the rolling ball. Oh no, I don't believe it. It seems he's going for a tricky Peruvian death waltz, a fiendishly hard maneuver popularized by Peruvian Panthers scout Gabriela Alejandro Ramos. Ronnie, what you got? In this risky move, Rex, the players attempt to match their rhythm to that of the careening ball, like partners at a dance, and slip through the narrow gap betwixt the thud ball and the labyrinth barricadia. Yep. The Raiders' ghost has turned around, abandoning his opponent to his fate. The good ghost doesn't need to tag the players, Jackie. They let the thud balls do the work. And yay, he ducks and weaves, swinging back and forth like a pendulum born of old. Yes, the spirits whisper that this is a man who may yet succeed in his desperate gambit, but... Oh, oh no. The scout has zigged where he should have zagged and made a mess all over the wall. Folks, what a splatastrophe for the home team. They've already sounded the casualty horn, and a substitute has been injected into the field. He's going to have to run plenty fast to make up for lost time. It's interesting to note that football is one of only two sports in America where the substitutes outnumber regular players at a professional level. One of two, what's the other one? Extreme curling. Turn your eyes back to Verity. She's located the first flag stash of the game and is signaling it back through her team. Runner Dudley Grundle has got the message and is dashing towards her. It seems the flag runner's ghosts are too far out of position to contest this one. Now remember, tagging a flag-bearing runner is worth a whopping 18 points, while tagging a normal player is worth just 3. Yeah, you show him, Verity. Uh, I mean, Rex. The, the flag runners have clearly got the advantage. And why's that, Jackie? Well, they are, um, on their home field. Plus positioning. What about the positioning? They're spread out all over the place. Oh, <laughs> three have just collided and fallen down. Victims of misfortunity. That's right. It'll surprise the enemy team when we fail to counter their every move. Ah, uh, yes, the all-important element of surprise. The Woodland Realm may have beaten us for ten years running, but I've got a feeling that this is the one where the underdogs finally take control of the doghouse and come out on top as the top dogs. Yeah. The, the Woodland Realm, Jackie. Ha, <laughs> more like the wood not land realm. Hey, stop it. Focus, come on, Rex. In this arena, the players are committed as gladiators to an Aeon's old struggle for survival. Have you been saving all your one-liners for this moment? No. 
But if the flag runners give it 110%, I'm confident they can pull out a win. Ooh. Friends, cast your gazes earthwards and see what transpirifies. Murgatroyd mutters that this is no ordinary game of thudball. It is a veritable clash of titans of bloody likes of which has never been seen before. Huh? Wow, listeners, while Jackie was distracting me, no less than three flag runners were creamed by a single thudball. I do believe it was those three Ronnie mentioned earlier. Both teams are burning through the substitutes at an unprecedented rate. Two of the Woodland Raiders were also crushed when they got lost inside the labyrinth. In the first five minutes, we've already lost six players. Make it seven, and overzealous Ghost got pasted in the second quadrant. But remember, Jackie, these brave players' sacrifices are not for naught. The score already stands at 13 to eight in the Raiders' favor. Two flags to one and a Ghost tap apiece. I don't mind admitting that being touched by a ghost is the scariest part of the sport. Even worse than the giant rolling metal death balls? Far worse, Jackie. Hearing the ghosts awful waka waka sound and feeling the touch of their sharp copper sides. What an experience, oh. I guess it doesn't help that instead of regulation helms, they wear shrouds reminiscent of the Grim Reaper itself. Constabulary, a fun sports fact. The sharp copper sides we know today weren't introduced until the 1996 Olympic Games, when the international authority decreed that the fleeting touch of a ghost was far too easy to ignore. Ever since then, the sides have grown sharper with every passing year, why sometimes players get impaled on their blades. <laughs> I could use some of that right now. At least it would give the Eternity Undertakers, and more importantly, my doppelganger, something to do. There's not a lot one can, or should, attempt with a human smear on the wall. That's where you're wrong, Jackie. The soft organic paste is scraped off the wall after a match and collected in a jar. What for? Does it go to feed the hungry misanthropic orphans? Even better. The human residue is bottled up and sold to sports memorabilia collectors for a profit. Indeed it is. I myself have the remains of famous Hungarian runner Matthias Kobor in a trunk in my basement. Oh, a top grade runner like that would have set you back a cool few thousand schmeckles. Thudball's an expensive hobby, Rex, but I mostly bought Matthias for Murgatroyd's sake. She misses being human and having hands. Rex, it seems that even the players are having a difficulty keeping their feet. The shocks are getting worse. These are the crucial moments in a thudball match, Jackie. When the quake's intensity hits these peaks, you've got to ask yourself if the players will use this moment to settle back or take a stand and go for glory. These teams are trained professionals, Rex. They've settled into their survival stance and seem like they're going to weather this part. What? I don't believe it. Audaciousness! Damn, girl. Listeners, Verdi, Skillian, and Dudley Grundle not only kept their feet in this tremendous shock, but are tearing through the labyrinth with no regard for life or limb. They formed what is known as a scoroll, a runner-scout combination, and are weaving their way past their paralyzed opposition. Our own Funky Town flag runners can only look on in frustration as Verity and Dudley street by. I won't lie, this is a pretty gutsy move for the team hailing from the Woodland Realm, a town known Oregon-wide as Little Crybabyville. <laughs> Insults don't have to make sense. They just have to hurt. Already Verity and Dudley have scooped up two flags on their pell-mell rush to the maze. Murgatroyd's not seen a Skoro this successful since the heady pre-Henderson days of Thudball, before the league was reformed in 2004. Though the Quake's dying back down now, and the other players have regained their feet, this has given the Raiders a decisive lead. With the score standing now at 26 to 11, it's going to be hard to close that kind of gap, but... Oh, what's this? The Flagrunners' deflectors are arranging themselves in some kind of formation. With only a few minutes left on the Quake, they've got to act fast if they want to claw this one back. Oh, with their game plan in shambles, they're out for revenge. Draw your eyes back to Verity. Why? What? What's she doing? In a fit of poor judgment, she stumbled down a dead end, no doubt while aiming for that corridor next to her leading to a flagstaff. Oh no! The move they're attempting is known as a mirror wall, a chain of deflectors designed to eliminate a cornered opponent. Here comes the thud ball. And Barcelo sends it on its way towards Smith. Seems Verity's not long for this world, folks. I, I have to go! Verity! Verity! Intern Jackie has fled the announcer's box, possibly to go to the bathroom. 
And it's Smith. Smith with the ball. Beautiful angle. Straight down the corridor. Right into Fredericks. Fredericks takes it. Take a little bit sharp there, but on nonetheless. Good Jacqueline seems to be bellowing orders to a doppelganger who's charging through Undertakers. She's crashing the wall of the arena. Fredericks to Jorgensen. Jorgensen fumbles, but he recovers. And Jorgensen. Jorgensen to Craig. The doppelganger is carrying Jackie and running through one, two, wall after wall in a mad, desperate dash that puts Dudley Grundle to shame. Now it's off Craig and barreling straight for Scout Skillion, who's trapped with no out. The suspense is mortificating. Butternuts. I wish I could see the future now. No, shut up, Murgatroyd. Any second now. And oh, I don't believe it. Jacqueline doppelganger has stopped the thud ball. She's dug in her heels and is holding it dead in its tracks. What strength! What audacity! What a sickening disregard for the sanctity of this noble sport. Friends, while Jackie's monstrous doppelganger avoids severity a lot, thud balls are spilling from the rend in the labyrinth and smashing the stands and the matchsticks. Spectators are fleeing the arena in droves. And while citizens are dying, so too is the earthquake. And there's the horn, folks. That's the game. It's the end of another lethal impact super thud ball tournament. After accounting for casualties, the final score rests at 22-4. The Raiders of the Woodland Realm had defeated Spasming Hill for the 11th year running. And thanks to news intern Jackie, they didn't even get any sweet, sweet revenge. Good thing I bet on the winning team. Loyalty's a curse that must be forsaken. Spot on, Ronnie. And as we stare down upon the tattered remnants of our once-proud arena, I'd like to thank our parent company, Burt's Bizarre Periodicals, and our sponsor for today, Bubble Corp. What's 10,000 calories to someone like you? Tune in again for our riveting coverage of the souped-up Station Wagon Grand Prix Spectacular coming to Spasming Hill soon. I'd like to thank my producer Warren, who's transcended his mortal form and is monitoring us from beyond the veil, and my co-host for today, Ronaldus the Great, and that game-ruining Jackie. Bingo, bingo! Stay tuned next for a soft, silent whisper that may or may not be the last breath of air to pass the lips of your loved ones and all you hold dear. Ah, oh, what? The Raiders won again? Ugh, I don't know why I keep betting on the flag runners. They haven't won anything since they were bought out by the vaguely threatening Indigo Foundation. And once again, I have no idea what Rex is talking about. I'm just in the station. There's no veil. There's no veil. Anyway, Warren here, letting you know that today's live broadcast was brought to you by Davy Reynolds and Sharon Elkind as the indispensable Rex and Jackie. Helping out, sort of, was Sam Barron as stark, raving psychic Ronaldus the Great. Tales from Spasming Hill is written and produced by Sam Barron. And if you're tuning into our broadcast, let us know. We love getting audience feedback, letting us know how we're messing up everything forever. So sling us some mud or maybe a message at spasminghill@gmail.com or check us out on Twitter or Facebook. You can also leave us a review on iTunes, which really, really helps people find out about us. Until next time, this is Warren saying see you soon.